Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. LinkedIn Jobs matches people to your role based on more of who they really are, their skills, interests, and even how open they are to new opportunities. For $50 off your first job post, go to linkedin.com slash fool. That's linkedin.com slash fool. Terms and conditions apply. It's Monday, November 12th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from MFAM Funds, Bill Barker. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you. Is that the right way to introduce Veterans Day? Happy Veterans Day? Um, Try again. Uh, what I don't know. What is it supposed to be? Respectful or something? I mean, <laughs> I've seen. Are a, you supposed? I mean, it, there's there's a little bit of a difference, I think, and it's not quite like Fourth of July or something. It's not Fourth of July, but you know, I, I guess I'd just say uh, thank Try you. Try to respect the veterans, <laughs> would you? I was I was really trying. Uh, thank you to all our veterans uh, out there listening. Better. Um, so uh, yesterday I was down. Don't worry, we're going to get to the news. Relax. Um, yesterday I was down at uh, Haynes Point in Washington D.C. I was running a a Veterans Day uh, 10K race, and uh, as is often the case, the national anthem was played before the race began, and then after that, um, they played all of the songs for the different branches of the military. They had, you know, the Army song, the Navy song, Marine Corps, Air Force, Coast Guard, all the songs, and I all thought that them, yes. I thought that was a really nice touch for Veterans Day because yesterday was actually Veterans Day. Today is the day we observe it. Yeah, and um, we so when I worked in the federal government for a period of time, um, and we got Veterans Day off. Uh, it was a surprise because you don't tend to get it off in the in the private sector in a lot of jobs. Yeah, the market's open, uh, and so I think it was like the first year it happened. I think I almost showed up to work because it was, it was like on a Tuesday or something like that, and it, it does not move around to land on a Monday the way other holidays are frequently moved around. So um, I hope everybody's uh, everybody who should be taking the day off is. And with that, let's get to the news of the day. Uh, it's the deal of the day. SAP buying Qualtrics International for $8 billion. SAP is the enterprise software company based in Germany. Qualtrics, uh, a young up-and-coming company based in Utah that had filed the necessary paperwork to go public, and I guess SAP came in and said, we hear you're looking to raise around $200 million in your IPO. Here's a check with a couple more zeros. Yes, and uh, I think the second biggest acquisition uh, for SAP ever, maybe, uh, extends its ventures into the cloud, and uh, that's where it is uh, attempting to, you know, position itself for the future as it uh, moves there. All of its business is there, and this is this is part of that. Um, I don't know. The Qualtrics numbers are enough to know whether this is a good price, but the market is certainly taking the opposite end of that. Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, SAP was down about six percent at one point this morning, so um, maybe there were clearly there's some thinking there that um, you probably could have gotten this for less. Seems like that is. I'm not going to say they could have, uh, but that is the market's interpretation, and actually not. Uh, not one that is different from the large majority of reactions uh, to an acquisition, which is typically that the acquirer 
uh, goes down uh, because they've they've paid a premium, and you know, for the most part, people don't don't think that that is necessarily the best uh, use of of cash. A lot of times, it's not. So this is uh, also a good day. This and we see this play out in pretty much every industry where either one company gets bought and then other companies in that space uh, rise a little bit as a result of that, or hey, this company in the industry reports some great earnings, so maybe that portends good things for other companies. In this case, it's SurveyMonkey, which certainly has a catchier name than Qualtrics International, but uh, SurveyMonkey shares are up a little bit. Um, so, for those who bought into the IPO and have seen their shares of SurveyMonkey essentially do nothing but go down since the IPO uh, just a couple of months ago, um, today getting a, a brief respite from that. Yeah, I, and I, I don't know. I, I'm not um, coming into contact with a lot of SurveyMonkey uh, results uh, in my in my daily life. Although I, I frequently check 538. To look at their data analytics work on things political, and in terms of how they, there are frequent SurveyMonkey uh, polls that show up in their collection, and uh, it's given a very, very low ranking. Uh, it, it gets a grade of D minus. <laughs> that's that's you know, that's not as low as you can go, but it's pretty close. No, there are things that get Fs, but I mean D minus is is a bad, bad grade, and I guess I mean, in comparison to the way that other polls are done, which are more uh, human intensive, I think uh, the SurveyMonkey results are not, at least by Nate Silver and his crowd at 538, deemed particularly reliable uh, compared to you know the other the other frequent surveyors and poll takers out there. So, if you listen to our industry focus podcast, uh, you may have heard uh, Dylan Lewis, uh, who hosts the Technology Show on Fridays, recently did an episode about SurveyMonkey, and so I was uh, going back and forth uh, on Slack with Dylan this morning about SurveyMonkey and you know being up on the news, and and one of his comments was, uh, SurveyMonkey is the blue apron of tech. I don't completely understand it, but it's, it certainly doesn't sound like a compliment. Uh, no, it doesn't, especially given how Blue Apron has done as a public company. Uh, so I don't think I don't think we're hearing a lot of compliments about SurveyMonkey out there. You, but you could help with their branding. Yeah, I mean, when Dylan put out on Twitter, sort of, you know, what we're going to be doing a show about SurveyMonkey. What questions do you have? All of my questions were about the name. It's like why? Why they pick monkey? Why didn't they go with dolphin? Because aren't dolphins supposed to be the smartest animal? You know, stuff like that. How many names did they go through before they said, "Well, we'll go with monkey"? Well, you don't necessarily when you're polling want want the smart animal, right? You just want the representative one. You're trying to get at, you're trying to get everybody to take your survey, right? Not just the smart animals. I think if you're a data analytics company, you want to demonstrate that you are smart. And I'm just saying, dolphin strikes me as smarter than monkey. Uh, well, I mean, there's debate about that, right? Not a great debate about about whether dolphins are smarter than monkeys. I mean, we could debate. I think there are different ways of measuring their intelligence, right? I guess so. I'm I'm just saying that, you know, when I think about Flipper. I mean, Flipper kind of had it all over whatever monkey was was on. I mean, what's the biggest monkey on on television in TV history? Is it like BJ and the Bear? 
that kind of thing. That's an orangutan. Was it? That's not, well, no monkey. Are they what different? Are you talking about? <laughs> you're saying wait. You're saying orangutans what kind of a and primate monkeys? are you? <sighs> Clearly not. Let me get back one. to something vaguely related to uh, the issues at hand, um, which is SAP, which is actually the where we started this a while ago. Whenever we're talking about SAP, I'm re- I'm reminded of the Arsta rule. Uh, regarding um, investing in 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 or alongside uh, companies that do business with SAP. This is named for your colleague Tony Arsto. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and what is for the? I, I'm I know Tony, but I'm unfamiliar with the Arsto rule. Well, I had to check with him uh, to get the exact formulation of it. But uh, as Tony formulates it for my benefit, it is sell any stock the moment a company announces that they are implementing SAP. The setup always takes longer and costs much more than originally projected. Meanwhile, they also tend to delay other improvement projects. Once they have the bugs ironed out, they will be a more efficient company, but that's probably at least two to three years out. Safe to say Tony is bearish on SAP. Not necessarily the company. They they just on companies that end up utilizing them. Uh, or or at least that the stock price uh, will not be attractive. It will not move in the in the direction you want as a bull for two to three years. Now, uh, you know that's for other people to to look at. But I think that uh, it's it's been his experience that when a company utilizes SAP, it tends to be uh, a little rockier than they than they hope, or it, or than they at least uh, tell people it is going to be. Um, so I mentioned when I introduced you. Um, that you're from MFAN funds, which may have given pause to at least some of our listeners, because I, in the past, have always introduced you as being from Motley Fool Asset Management or Fool Funds, that sort of thing. And it's because there's been a little rebranding in your shop. In yes. fact, the website is now MFAM, MFAMFunds.com. And I have to say, whoever did the website, kudos to them, because it looks great. Uh, well, I would thank you, but I'll, I'll thank you on behalf of. Uh... Oh, I didn't for one second think you had anything to do with the, <laughs> with the website. No, I didn't think that either. But listeners may have mistakenly thought that uh, I could have had anything to do with uh, the quality work that's been done on the website by Matt Trogdon and Carl Henley and uh, and and others. Uh, and uh, we'll send them all your way to uh, take a bow. Um, Kudos on the the new site. And um, uh, when your colleague Charlie Travers was here, he was talking about, among other things, you guys have a new ETF. We do, uh, for which uh, Charlie is uh, is doing uh, all the important work, and uh, that's available uh, out on the market uh, to uh, anybody that uh, is interested in, in researching uh, a small mid cap uh, growth ETF. Uh, we've got one. Um, before we go on, quick shout out to LinkedIn. The right hire can make a huge impact on your business, and that's why it's so important to find the right people. But where do you find them? You find them on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is more than the world's largest professional network. It's also a better way to find great talent. 70% of the U.S. workforce is already on LinkedIn, and businesses rate LinkedIn jobs 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. And that's what you want. You want the quality candidates coming through the door. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. And by the way, don't you know, if you've ever interviewed someone for a job, you know the feeling of sitting down with someone, you're sitting across the table from a job candidate, and you know within, I would say, two to three minutes, oh, this isn't the person. 
this is not the person. They're not going to get the job. Uh, can we end this right now? All the more reason to get quality candidates coming in the door. Just ask any of the hundreds of thousands of businesses who have posted the LinkedIn jobs over the past year. 22 million professionals view and apply to jobs on LinkedIn every week in every industry, even yours, even mine. So, if you're not using LinkedIn for your hiring needs, you're missing out. So, get on over to LinkedIn.com slash fool for $50 off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash fool. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, we are taping this midday Monday. And so, I can tell the dozens of listeners that if you want to get up Tuesday morning and tune your television or viewing device over to CNBC, you can see Bill Barker in action. What are you going to be talking about? You're going to be on Squawk Box tomorrow morning. What time Eastern? We're on like six, little after six a.m. Six ten Eastern. Six ten Eastern time. Okay, and uh, so you'll be getting up early. Yes, <laughs> yes, I will. Um, what uh, What are you going to be talking about with um, Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin and um, friend of Motley Fool Money Becky Quick? Uh, I don't know yet. There, there are some. They've they've given me a few questions, and I'm uh, going to get back to them on on which of those will. Make the best uh, appearance. What I what I've got to say on on them, and uh, so yeah, I don't want to spoil any surprises for the. When you talk about dozens of listeners, it's possible that you are underselling. There may be hundreds. Who's to know? You're not going. You're going to break that news here. Not going to break that news. But if you if you were to refer to the. Potential listeners out there, and refer to tomorrow's viewers in the dozens. You'd be vastly overstating how many people. Are oh no, no, no! To, for, for, no, of the listeners here, the Venn diagram: people listening to this podcast, oh. who will also be watching CNBC at six ten tomorrow morning. Do you think that gets into the dozens? I think it gets into the dozens, but only because dozens. Technically means twenty four or higher. So yes, I think I think it does. But no, I, but I, for a second I thought you were referring to the audience for Squawk Box. No, 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 no. Legendary, legendary, legendary. Um, let me ask you this: Are you hoping for any sort of breaking news? Are you hoping for any sort of uh, something breaks either late today in the business world or very early tomorrow morning, so that whatever else you plan on talking about. They say to you, you know, you get a you get an email at five thirty saying, "Well, of course we're going to ask you about this breaking news." Uh, no, uh, except that it might get me more sleep because I think if there's real breaking news, they'll go to somebody else. Like this, <laughs> <laughs> not. I mean, that's the way it works, right? Because it's unlikely that my expertise is on that breaking news. If it's true. You know, serious breaking news that they need to cover in a in a you know with somebody who is especially qualified to do that. And in fact, uh, this is a rescheduling of an appearance that was postponed because I think something had come up with China, and and so they went understandably with somebody who was more qualified to talk specifically about that issue. I mean, I can do stuff like that, and I, I've been, I've done TV and. Um, Prepped with with you know the the associate producer and say all right you know can, can you talk about uh, where gas prices are headed you know and sure I, and I say like I, I mean I can give you an answer to that but it's not really worth airing 
and I've found out that that's not enough of a flag not to be asked that question. We're here with oil and gas industry <laughs> expert Bill Barker. You know, the only time in my life that I have ever been referred to as an expert on anything is on like global television, where they always introduce you as, as an expert on things. Bill, you're an expert on this. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, uh, one more news item from the weekend, which is um, goes in the plus column for shareholders of Comcast, because Comcast is the parent company of Universal Studios, and the box office winner over the weekend um, inexplicably was the animated movie Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, uh, took in north of $65 million domestically, and uh, probably probably bodes well for um, the coming weeks, uh, simply because we've got Thanksgiving coming up. Um, that's typically a time for uh, family movies and, and families looking to take their kids to the movies, that sort of thing. Um, I saw a story this morning. Our, our guest on Motley Fool Money this coming weekend is going to be Nell Minow. And one of the things I want to talk to her about is the uh, sort of the box office this year, because I saw a story this morning that uh, it's turned out to be a better year than expected. And it, it didn't specifically call out The Grinch, but it, it gave examples of movies that I think f- The Grinch falls into the same category, which are essentially there are expectations for. Not the tentpole movies, but sort of one level below that. And those movies, particularly over the last four months, have ended up doing uh, somewhere from um, slightly to significantly better than expected. And I think The Grinch probably fell into that category where it's like going into this weekend, it's like, well, it'll probably do pretty well. And this is, you know, better than people were thinking. Well, you are sort of an expert on movies. And. Uh, I guess my question for you and your expertise is whether you would have opened this movie this early, uh, because it does it feels early to me to go Grinch. Uh, I think it does, but typically studios um, are positioning their movies as early as they can, and in some cases, if you haven't decided on a release date. Um, then you're sort of some, you have to factor in what other studios have done. So in the case of this movie, my hunch is that um, uh, Disney has a Nutcracker movie coming out. The Nutcracker in the Four Realms, I think, is the name of the movie. I have breaking news. Okay, because my computer is on. Okay, uh, and and in fact, I have been canceled for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. Yes. Wow. Uh, in light of the market today, so. Um, there will be another rescheduling. Wow. Told you. That's amazing. See, for anyone... And yet, that's something that I could be considered kind of an expert on. The what? market is down. The market's down. What's going on? What's going on? Look, I can do that. Um, you know, for anyone, we who, could do that show right now. We're not going to. We've been going on long <laughs> enough. For anyone who listens to this show and has ever wondered how much editing do you guys do, there you go. That's all. <laughs> There's your answer because we're not editing any of this. Um, so, I, I think in terms of what um, my hunch is that Disney came out with their release date for the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. And Universal came out and said, "Okay, well, we can't open a family holiday movie the same weekend that Disney is. We got to go another weekend. And in their case, it's probably smarter to go earlier." 
So I agree with you. It's a little early. It's probably a week earlier than they were intending to do it. But it's you know it, you can't look at the results over the weekend and say oh they really blew it. And you're and you're confused as to the success of this so far. I'm, you're surprised. I, I should. You're not as big on the Grinch as you are on Rudolph and and some other Christmas products. But I, a lot of us think that you know the Grinch is really what Christmas is all about. I'm a huge fan of the original Grinch. I'm a, a massive fan of of the original. Not, not as big as my family of, but, you of know. the book. And, well, I haven't named a pet after uh, you no, know, after Max. Nor, nor do you own uh, an original cell from the uh, from the animation. Nice, which my dad does. <laughs> oh, so when you said family, you weren't referring to you and your wife and your children. You were referring to you like your extended family. I don't think of my dad as my extended family. <laughs> <Is> that... <laughs> um, well, to get back to the Grinch, um, I. A huge fan of the original book and the original uh, Boris Karloff narrated uh, animated television special. The Jim Carrey live action remake, I am happy to say I have not spent one yeah. second watching. Yeah, I haven't and seen that. I, I will not watch this one, but it's, I'm not the target My audience. My original TMF name was named after the, the Grinch's dog as well. That's TMF right. Max. What's your TMF name now? I guess it still is. Oh, okay. I, I, we don't really use that um, once once we are in MFAM funds. Okay, so are are you going to go see this movie? Huge Grinch fan that you are. Uh, it's a good question. I'm a Benedict Cumberbatch fan, so it's it's possible. It'll depend, I think, on what the uh, what the kids do with it. They haven't they haven't mentioned wanting wanting to see it yet. Don't you think that doing voiceover work is probably the hands down the sweetest gig in all of Hollywood? I would think. I mean, it seems to be good money and not the hardest work, and not the most time-consuming work. Yeah, I think you know this is something you could get in on. Not that Benedict Your voice is known by dozens. Not that Benedict Cumberbatch is hurting for work. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. No, they had to pay up for him, but I think it's a good choice. Why? I mean, I, I I'm just. You ever seen his work? Yeah, I've seen his work. But why do you think he's a good choice for the Grinch? Uh, he's got a little bit of malevolence going on there, which I think. I mean, he's British. He probably has a lot of malevolence. <laughs> wow, I'm kidding. Unnecessary Come on. attack on our friends across the uh, pond. I'm kidding. It's Just all... getting going with the times, huh? Why not take a swipe at? Uh... <laughs> anyway. There was a. I forget the. Was it Jaguar that had that fantastic? Super Bowl commercial um, with um, uh, Mark Strong, Tom Hiddleston, better known as Loki in the Marvel uh, universe, um, um, and other British actors, basically talking about playing villains. And I, you know what? I'm going to find the ad and I'm going to post it on our uh, on the Market Foolery Twitter account. Do you know the ad I'm talking about? It's a well, fantastic ad because it's I kind of recall. It looks great, it sounds great, and they're they're sort of winking at, yeah, we're British and yeah, we play villains and it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Which it probably is. I I would think so. We're very far afield, aren't we? It's pretty we've gone pretty much into an apropos of nothing episode already. Which will be coming soon. We're just a couple of weeks away at our member event in Denver. There were a couple of members who asked, "Hey, by the way, when are you going to be doing another apropos of nothing?" And I said, "Soon." Well, a little time just freed up for me. You know, I could do <laughs> six ten tomorrow morning. I could, I could, uh, 
tape it for you. Uh, for I those, thought I was going to be busy. For those who are looking forward to our next apropos of nothing, um, you, you already know that uh, there's no way in the world we would ever tape that at six in the morning. <laughs> No, because we're drinking during right. the apropos of nothing. Yeah, right? no, that's not going to happen. Uh, Bill Barker from MFAM Funds. That's MFAMFunds.com. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on The Motley Fool, may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. Show is mixed by the Iron Man, Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>